Karma Automotive, Forbes Magazine's most anticipated luxury electric vehicle. Karma Automotive is a luxury EV brand designed and manufactured in California. Proud sponsor and official luxury vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Charge the motion beyond EV. Karma Automotive. The National Football League is unforgiving when you let up and you don't finish games. Uh, the other team plays, you know, as hard as they possibly can too, and uh, they got a lot of good players and a lot of good coaches over there, and uh, and they earned the right to win today, and we did. The game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to the fifth quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, no easy way to say it. Another tough afternoon for the 2022 Las Vegas Raiders. Eddie, Eddie, excuse me, Eddie Pascal hanging out with Jesse Merrick. I'm so flustered, Jesse, that uh, <laughs> I can't even get my name right. But I think what we're going to try to do to Jesse, Jesse today, is the Raiders lose 27 to 20 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, falling to two and six on the season in the process. I think we're going to try to make some sense of yeah. what happened, of what's going on. Uh, I think stating the obvious, no easy answers at this point. Uh, you and I are not going to solve the puzzle <laughs> of the 2022 Raiders uh, on our postgame pod today. But, I mean, where to begin? I think that the obvious place to start is the Raiders blowing their third 17, or excuse me, 17 point lead of the year. But, I mean, when you looked at it, I, I know that you and I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it again. But just first reactions from what we saw this afternoon. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. Again, you know, you mentioned the third blown 17-point lead. You know, for me, you know, I, I look back at the previous two. You know, you look at the Cardinals, <clears throat> and, you know, and you also look at the uh, Chiefs in that one. You know, two offenses that, you know, at times can be very high-powered, you know, specifically more so with the Chiefs. I know the Cardinals have had their issues. Uh, and the Jags have some guys, but, like, not the same type of talent that those teams do. So, like, I didn't really feel when they were up 17 nothing. I was like, okay, they're in a good spot here. But, you know, with those other games, I felt kind of uneasy knowing, you know, that this could still happen. Uh, so I was a bit blindsided by seeing it happen that way. And for me, you know, you just look at it and you see Devontae going for, what, 10 for 146 yards and two TDs in the first half. Um, you know, or nine for uh, what it was, I believe, right, because he had one catch in the yep. second half. Um and then, you know, the adjustments that the Jags made, you know, in terms of adding more doubles in there, you know, not as much single coverage, which obviously is a smart move to make after what he did to you in the first half. Uh, and they go to him uh, seven times, uh, I believe, in the second half there. And, you know, comes down with one catch. And, you know, you, you would still like to see him feed him more, you know, the success that they had. But it just seemed like overall they were unable to adjust to the adjustments that the Jags made. Uh, and, you know, the opportunities that they did have just didn't convert on, which I know is an answer that fans don't want to hear, but, like, that's kind of the truth. Yeah, and I think the hard part for me, Jesse, when you look at Devontae's line from the first half, and you were dead on where he goes nine for nine, or excuse me, nine catches uh, on nine targets, 146 yards, two touchdowns, finishes the day with 10 catches. Uh, I think what's, what's hard is that we've heard so much about, you know, especially for the first part of the year, about the adjustments, right? And yeah. you said it perfectly. The Raiders today were unable to adjust to the adjustments. And granted that we haven't, you know, we haven't had a chance to go back and watch it and see really what the Jags did to take him away. I mean, what did the Jags do to take him away? Because, I mean, some of those balls that he was catching in the first half, I mean, you and I could have gone out there and, and made those catches. I mean, he was wide open. I know in the one touchdown, the DB fell down. Yeah. But, I mean, to go from feast to famine, literally in the span of an hour and a half of real time, to me, is boggling. It is crazy. And the thing, too, at the end of the day is, like, it's Devonta Adams. Like, you're going to be double covered. Yeah. And he knows that, and this is nothing that he and Derek Carr wouldn't also repeat. 
is the fact that like when he's double covered, he still has to come down with a lot of these things. And there's some balls, uh, specifically what was it, the uh, second in ten, I believe, on the last position. Yep, there is the last one. Yeah, yeah. He you, that I, yeah, you feel like nine times out of ten he comes down. Now, and exactly. I think I think to be very clear though, that's a tough catch. Oh, 100%. Like that is a really tough catch. Going up, making that 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 athletic play in the middle, having at least getting getting a chance to get a hand on it. I mean, is impressive in its in and of itself. But yeah. to your point, when you are Devonte Adams, there's the assumption, there's the expectation that you do come down with those. Exactly. And even though to that note, you know, teams are going to do that. They're going to double cover him. That means other guys do need to step up and the opportunities are there for them. And you go and you look at it, Foster Moreau, two catches. That's the next closest person after Devontae's 10. You know, uh, you've got Hunter Renfro with three, Josh Jacobs with three, Mac Hollins with three. You know, it it should be – or Mac Hollins with one, sorry, uh, with two that is. Uh, can't read. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, the, the other guys should have and need to step up. Uh, you know, the efficiency wasn't there after the fact as well. And obviously, you know, Carr still wants to go to Devontae even when they're doubling them or even when there's three guys in that area, which isn't a bad throw throwing to a guy like Devontae. Mm-hmm. But it makes those throws so much tougher because the window is so much smaller, obviously. And I think overall, stepping away from the Devontae part of it, you look at the first half, the Jacks were kind of shooting themselves in the foot, you yeah. know, uh, for, for a handful of those times. Uh, was, I think, the third and one on the toss to ETN. Uh, they don't block Max, comes through with the tackle for a loss. Bizarre play call, too. Yeah. Just, you know, standing back now. Like, just right? definitely a funky kind of call there yeah. on third and short. Very five. odd. The way that he's been able to attack the line of scrimmage, yeah. you think they go straight there. Uh, and then also, you know, they fumble the, uh, the toss as well later on there. Um, uh, the DB falls, we noted, you know. Uh, multiple things where it's like, Again, not to take anything away from what the Raiders, you know, defense and offense did in the first half, but things that just went their way, breaks that went their way, that didn't, and then you pair that with the fact that they weren't able to adjust and adapt to what the Jags were doing, and it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's it's a tough one to kind of digest, a tough one to really understand what exactly went wrong, because I think that you look, and when we go to halftime, excuse me, the Raiders are up, excuse me, 20 to 10. Yeah. And you look at that that final possession where the Jack, where they essentially traded field goals, and you're like, that was the moment, right? That's where the moment the moment where you feel like the Raiders can say, hey, and give them credit. The first 30 minutes, they were playing really good football. And yeah, yeah they got a little help from the Jags along the way, but they were playing good football. That was the moment at the end of the first quarter, excuse me, the end of the first half, you say, hey, really kind of, you know, apply yourself, put your foot on the throw, whatever, you know, corny sports cliche you want. Yeah. And that moment, I don't want to say slipped away from them because they did put points on the board, but it could have been a bigger moment. And it should, I think it should have been a bigger moment for them. No, it definitely should have been uh, 100%. You know, you see that also too, as you end the half uh, with that last drive where they, I believe, let me pull up the uh, the drive chart here. Uh, last drive of the win where they go five plays, 22 yards and punt. Um, no, that was the end of the, yeah, end of the second quarter. Um and, uh, you know, the Jags are able to kind of get back yeah. and, and kick that field goal, like you said, to go in the half only down 10. Uh, that's where it's like, look, you, you have to convert and, and not allow them that time to do it to kind of get that two for one. Um, obviously, you start the half off with that kickoff return. Yep. In, hi- in hindsight now, Big, you yeah. look at that's a huge moment oh, yeah. in hindsight. Yeah. Massive. I mean, puts them in better field position. All of a sudden, the defense is like, oh, man, we're backed up. Bad spot here. Um, you know, and then you let the Jags get going, and they were also throwing very high efficiency passes. You know, it was three steps, bam, three steps, bam. You know, uh, they were talking about it on the broadcast as well. It looked like one of those ones where you put it on a poster and you know use that as your marketing tool. Uh, you know, with Trevor Lawrence back there because it was just so crisp and clean, and he's getting it out and gets to a rhythm, much like we saw Derek Carr early on from that second drive on when they were getting going, and that opens up so many other things for them. And then you see the Raiders come out in the second half. We talk about the adjustments. Well, the Jags were in more of that too-high shell like we saw against other teams previously, you know, in the years where Josh Jacobs was, you know, going after it. You run to try and get them out of that too-high shell to be able to throw the ball more to Devontae and the other receivers. 
and they weren't really able to get that run game going either. And you talk about that efficiency. I mean, we're looking at Trevor Lawrence's line for today. He goes 25 of 31, 235 yards. Uh, perhaps the most glaring thing, if you're a fan of the silver and black, on his stat line, no sacks. Yeah. And to me, I think, and I know we're going to sound like a broken record, but the defensive line pressure just simply hasn't been there yeah. this year. No, I yeah. mean, give you know, give Max Crosby a ton of credit. Max once again played his rear end off. Uh, had a lot of really good moments. I mean, the uh, the one that Etienne ended up scoring that they ended up reviewing. I mean, Max got you know gets the ball out. That's just a play of not giving up, right? Yeah. And I know it literally doesn't show up like show up on the stat sheet because it counted as a touchdown. But I think that's Max in a nutshell, just going, going, going. He has the fumble recovery. He's active. But outside of Max, I mean, it's. There was nothing there. Yeah. There was nothing there today. And I think if you're Trevor Lawrence, and to your point, incredibly efficient, I mean, it didn't really feel like he was hanging out in the pocket all that much. No. It was one, two, three, bang, there goes the ball, bang, there goes the ball. Uh, and the Raiders' DBs just didn't have an answer for what he was doing out there. This yeah, game. and look at the guys that he's throwing to. Yeah. Also, you know, Christian With all Kirk, due respect, yeah. yeah. Exactly, all due respect, 100%. Like, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, you know, those aren't world beaters. Uh, you know, the tight ends that he has, I, I'm, I'm sure most fans of football couldn't name, you know, many of the receivers outside of those top two guys there on this team. Uh, and then also when you throw in the tight ends that, that he was getting it to. So it, it's not like he has this unbelievable supporting cast that's out there doing it. So, again, you noted the efficiency with Lawrence. Got to tip the cap to him because he also 100%. did it with his legs as well. Doug Peterson, too. I mean, the, the way that he schemed out uh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence for the day, understanding maybe, I don't want to say the inefficiencies of his offense, about the real, you know, the realistic yeah. setup of his offense. I mean, tip your cap to them because Doug Peterson out there went out there and did that thing. No, he definitely did. You know, a great game plan for them and great adjustments coming out in the second half there. And you noted, you know, it's Max and kind of nobody else. Mm -hmm. uh, you just can't have that. You know, and then it just allows this team to go and be balanced and hit you with the run, hit you with the pass. And, and you know, everything in their entire playbook is open to them. Whereas we saw with the Raiders today trying to establish the run, unable to do that. So you're kind of short sighted in what you need to do here. And so Derek Carr ends up having a very inefficient day because, you know, you're sitting there back there passing all the time. And those D linemen on the opposite side can pin their ears back forcing you off your, your spot and everything like that. And it's it's tough to do. It's, it's tough to live that way in the NFL. Yeah, and I think, you know, another kind of aspect to this whole thing, and, and we were talking about it in the studio this week, was obviously look at what Alvin Kamara did last week in uh, in New Orleans and slicing and dicing the Raiders' defense. We're like, okay, let's see what the Raiders' defense learned because mm -hmm. Travis Etienne is essentially Alvin Kamara 2.0, right? A little younger, a little greener, yeah. but a guy with a really skim uh, similar skill set. I mean, and Etienne, while he, it felt like he was contained for bits and starts of this game, finishes his afternoon, 28 rushes, 109 yards, also uh, chips in with two catches for 17 in the passing game as well. I mean, that's almost 130 yards from total scrimmage for Travis Etienne. So uh, what, in hindsight, do you do to get a guy like him, the Alvin Kamara, Swiss Army Knife, athletic, agile, speedy dude, like what do you do to take him away? Yeah, it, it's tough, man. I mean, we saw Divine Diablo go down early. And that certainly doesn't help. Yeah. Denzel Perryman comes out for a little bit. He exactly. gets nicked up. Like, you know, definitely so, you're not playing with the full complement there. Exactly. And so in situations like that, you're leaning on some of your more athletic linebackers. Divine is specifically more so that guy that, you know, works in coverage. Um, so losing him doesn't help. Having said that, you know, it's the cliche, next man up needs to respond. Uh, and they weren't able to do that. Also, too, you look at, you know, when you roll safeties down in coverage and stuff like that, they haven't been very effective in coverage either, you know. And so it, it's tough against guys like that that can do so many things that are that Swiss Army knife, you know, when you don't have people filling into those roles and doing their job, being able to do it. Also in the zone, we've seen multiple times uh, throughout the season, teams are finding holes in this zone. So I think maybe tighten it up a lot. I, multiple times I find myself watching this game thinking, man, like there's so much room for these receivers, these running backs, whoever it is in the passing game to work with. Uh, so you got to find a way to kind of tighten that up a bit.
you know, and, and I know that's it's not a specific answer, but it's sure. it's one of those things where it's hard because the teams are doing it in so many different ways, you know. You know, and, and we're at the point now. The Raiders are two and six, and you say hey, there's no easy answer. Like, well, there, there's really no easy answers to to anything. Yeah. Right now, I, you know, I think it, it's fair to say that all of us are pretty uh, pretty bamboozled that this team is two and six. I think that that's fair and appropriate, and especially losing the game or losing several games now. That the way that they've lost them, it leaves you scratching your head, and you say, you know, we've seen it. And and Coach McDaniel's brought it up in the post game press conference. He goes, look. We've seen this team play really good halves. You and I have had this conversation yeah. since October, September, mm-hmm. late September. Like, hey, they can put together a really good 30 minutes. Hey, they can put together a good 45 minutes. But for whatever reason, Jesse, 60 minutes of good complimentary football has evaded the Raiders in 2022. Yeah. And to me, look, I, I'm not the, I know fans want heads to roll and all these things, and I understand it. You guys are fans for a reason. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it should happen anytime soon. Um, but having said that, what you're asking in that one right there, to me, points to the coaching staff. You know, look, at the end of the day, it's your job to make those adjustments and figure it out in the second half. And it's that's where that that kind of chess match comes in play there at the half. Uh, when what you do is working, you obviously know teams are going to come out and scheme it up differently. And so, uh, you know, when you're not able to get it to Devontae, you need to scheme up other ways in order to get it going there, specifically on the defensive side of the ball as well. You know, put your guys in better situations when they're getting the ball out quick like that. Tighten up your coverage. Maybe switch to more man coverage. Get up in there. You got guys like Rocky Seen and Anthony Averett, you know, who are good man coverage, physical type of corners. Um, I just didn't see enough of that. Yeah, and I think unfortunately the injury bug is starting to hang out a little bit for yeah. the Raiders, trying to say hello. And you know, no Darren Waller today. Uh, we talked about uh, Divine Diablo going down. Denzel Perryman missed a little bit of time. Uh, one linebacker who I did think have a, had a really nice game, Blake Martinez, yeah. uh, comes in, does his thing, leads the team in tackles. But I mean, shifting back to the offensive side of the football for a minute, Jesse. I mean, I think. You go back to that first half, and it felt and it looked like everything to 17 was just working. Yeah. Now, the one statistical oddity of this whole first 30 minutes of football is that Josh Jacobs was a non-factor. Like, give the Jags the you know credit for completely taking him away. Yeah. I think he finished the first half with a, either zero or a single rushing yard. So he was not, not there. But you go to the second half now, and you go and you, and you understand, like, okay— we see what's working today, right? Like this this today, this first half seemed like a bit of a departure from the typical formula. Yeah. The typical formula for the Raiders when they've been successful in 2022, pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Let Josh cook and kind of work off that. Well, today was kind of the opposite, yeah. right? Where Devontae's in the zone, Derek's feeding him, and you kind of, you know, like we said, Josh was a non-factor. But regardless, the team was putting points up. They were moving the football. They were efficient. You come back down to this fourth quarter now, and once the Raiders went down 24-20, they had three chances, or excuse me, four chances, one, two, three, four series, to put some points on the board to and, and to take a lead or to put anything up there, and they weren't able to do it. And I think, to me, that is the most confusing, head-scratching moment in all of this where give Derek a ton of credit. Throughout his career, when the lights are bright, when it's that fourth quarter, I mean, we've all seen the D.C. comeback stats. Yeah. They're incredible. But today... Just something was amiss, especially over that final uh, that final fifteen minutes or so. Or really, excuse me, final. Let me do my math terribly. Final. Yeah, like call it fourteen. Whatever. Yeah, math uh, is hard. Yeah, it is hard. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, fourteen fifty two. There we go. There you go. Yeah. To to that point, you know, it is crazy. You know, you look at this. I uh, I know. I look back to when they were up seventeen nothing. I think they had one third down conversion after that. Yeah. Uh, throughout the entire game. Uh, you know, they were getting first downs at times, you know, converting on first or second down, getting a first down there. But, uh, you know, third down, just very inefficient. To me, the thing that stood out so much in that area 
was anytime they were in an obvious passing situation, the offensive line could not slow down the blitz that the Jags sent their way, forced Derek Carr off his spot. He's having to throw off the back foot, move around, all that stuff. Also, to that point, though, you saw Trevor Lawrence at times. We didn't see a ton of pressure from the Raiders' defense, but when he was pressured, he was able to stay in the pocket, slip that tackle, and make a throw. So some of that's on Derek Carr as well, but the offensive line needs to figure out a way, and this is something I've seen throughout the season. You know, Offensive line needs to figure out a way to stop the blitz in those obvious passing situations when they're coming at you, but uh, it, it is just wild when you look at the inefficiency of this offense uh, You know, down that stretch when you're down. And, and I know so many people want to talk about the defense, and, uh, you know, they came through with, what, forcing the missed field goal uh, yeah. when there was, what was that? So the Raiders take over uh, after, like, three minutes to go in the game or something like that? Yeah, missed field goal yeah. comes at 3.03. Yeah, so look, yeah. I mean, the defense hasn't been there. The defense allowed them to come back into the game, uh, you know, and take that 24-20 lead. But they make the stop when it matters and give you that opportunity. That's where this offense that was so successful in the first half needs to get something going. And, and you talked about how the recipe was a bit different. You know, normally it's Josh Jacobs. With this one, I think what they were trying to do there was open things up and get him into that too-high shell so that they could run the ball. And that, to me, kind of stuck out when you come out. I think it was three straight run plays, I think, to start the second half. Uh, or at least like, we saw three different running backs in there fairly early. Uh, so they were trying to establish that run and then maybe jump him out of that too-high shell again and, and keep him guessing. But it just it didn't work out. And right from the jump there, after they score that touchdown, it just the inefficiency in the second half just did not stop and didn't slow down. You know, and I think you bring up a great point where we've all talked a lot about the the Raiders' defense in 2022, specifically where sometimes where they've struggled their shortcomings. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think anyone here has anticipated them to be the 85 Bears at all. No. But I think it's it's fair to say that there's been moments where they haven't put it together as much as we'd like, right? But you said it perfectly. When they needed a stop yeah. with three, you know, three oh eight left in the fourth quarter to give your offense a chance to go win the game, that's what they did. And it wasn't the sexiest stop no. of all the defensive stops we've seen. It was a field goal miss, but it was a stop nonetheless. Yeah. And so uh, it's it's just a baffling kind of you know baffling kind of turn events. And you, you were talking about third down inefficiency. The Raiders, and this is wild. Raiders are th- or excuse me, were three of twelve yeah. on third down today. It's crazy. Conversely. The Jags are nine for fifteen, and this is a, this is a trip too. Like you know, not even really thinking about it, you know, as we're watching the game. But the Raiders go zero for one in the red zone today. Hmm. That's, I mean, yeah, wild, wild, wild stuff. And and it's just, you know, you have to give the Jags credit for doing enough to win the ball game. You absolutely do. We talked about Trevor Lawrence, and we talked about how efficient he was. It wasn't the sexiest game that we've ever seen on offense for any football team, but they did enough to win the game. But it really feels like. This is one of those missed opportunities for the Raiders. Anytime you're up 17, I don't care if you're playing peewee, high school, whatever it is, if you're up 17 and the offense is clicking, you have to feel like, hey, we're, we're in a pretty good spot going into the, the second half of this thing. Yeah, that, there, that should never be any question you know, whatsoever. We talked about it so much last year you know, about the offense being a top-10 offense, and if the defense was just middle of the road, mm-hmm. serviceable, you know, that that would be a game-changer for them. This, we thought, would be a playoff team, and lo and behold, they went and did that. Uh, you know, now, as we noted, it's not all on the defense, but if the defense can figure out a way to do that, just be that middle-of-the-road group, or, again, I point to multiple times in the you know throughout these last handful of games, we've seen them come through with one big stop late when they needed to and give them the opportunity, and that's, again, where the offense isn't able to get it done. But it's just, like you said, I understand why it's frustrating for fans because it just seems like it's a different thing every week. Uh, same storyline, same answers after the fact from a lot of the coaches and players, but also it's like, what are you going to say? 
You yeah. know, you, you just keep going back to what you believe in and what you're putting in the systems and whatnot. The thing that did stick out to me, though, is it seemed like early on they were responding and correcting a lot of the mistakes from that game against the Saints. You know, you come out and see the success that they had. And it felt like this was going to be more of a player-driven game plan rather than a Josh uh, McDaniel scheme-driven game plan, if that makes sense. More of just, we're going to feed Devontae because he's the best receiver in the league. We're going to get this guy going. And then I saw it shift back to what we'd seen in previous weeks where it's maybe almost kind of like, well, no, this is the scheme we're running. It uh, doesn't matter who the player is. We're calling plays rather than drawing it up to get to specific guys. And that's such a unique balance, yeah. right, of, of understanding that Devontae is one of the, the best. And I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know if you caught the pregame, but Nate Burleson was putting together his yeah. five wide receivers, <laughs> right? And he's going through it. And I don't, obviously, I don't put a ton of stock into that. But yeah. uh, I was like, oh, Devontae's not on this list. Then they went back to the studio at halftime, and Nate Burleson's like, Listen, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, Devontae Adams should have been on my top five. But, you know, all the same, it's it's that delicate balance of understanding that Devontae is an elite playmaker in the NFL, wanting him to get his touches, wanting to give him a chance to go make plays, while also understanding that he's got to work, or I didn't say he, but his role has to kind of fit within the overarching offensive scheme. So yeah. I, that is not an easy place, I think, for any coach to exist, understanding like, yo, I got one of the elite dogs in the NFL, but... We also have to figure out a way to keep the defense honest. And, it, uh, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't come to, to come to fruition for the Raiders today. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, some of those kind of tough questions and those tough answers. And, and uh, Tyler Harris tweeted at you and I, and he goes, look, man, as a fan, I don't want to act like I have all the answers. That said, what is a realistic time frame to make changes? And I, I don't think he's going yeah. on to read the rest of his tweet. He goes, the is bad. Uh, we have some some bad, uh, questionable play calls, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think he's he's looking for wholesale personnel coaching staff type changes. Yeah. I think he's asking realistically, this team's two and six. What can we expect going forward? How can this team get better as now they come home to get ready for the Indianapolis Colts a week from today? Yeah, I mean, it, it might just be as easy as, like, simplifying things, you know? G figuring out, all right, this is our bread and butter. This is what we can do, both offensively and defensively, and sticking to that. I mean, we saw last year with Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator, he ran the same similar stuff, you know, most sure. of the time. And, you know, it worked more often than not. Obviously, the defense wasn't amazing, but they came through at times. It was more of that bend, don't break. And we've seen this team, I believe, uh, I can't remember the exact stat, but I heard it on the broadcast. They were talking about it in, like, in goal-to-go situations. I think they'd allowed 14 touchdowns uh, or, or something like that. And that's just unacceptable. You know, it was 14 for 14 in those situations. You, you can't do that. Um, and so you just got to figure out a way to, to slow these offenses down and, and simplify things. And it, it doesn't always look like guys are lost, but – I just maybe go back to more of your basics. Hey, look, we're going to run man coverage on this one. We're going to get them and press them in their face and collision these receivers and try and knock off the timing. Because to me, this zone doesn't seem like it's working. I see a lot of the zone. Um, and you know, I know Patrick Graham, he's a really intelligent dude. His scheme is so great. But it's like maybe the guys aren't ready for all those different looks and things like that as they're trying to do this, which, which sucks because you're, what, eight games in you know, mm -hmm. now? You would think guys would have more of a handle on it. Uh, and not to say they do because, again, well, like he said – we all don't have the answers. Yeah, this and is it, and just I think, kind of the outside looking in. And I think that's the biggest, the kind of the biggest takeaway from right now is that there are no simple answers. No, right? Like it, it's not as simple as like, oh, we just need to get the run game going. Yeah. Oh, Devontae needs his touches. Oh, the defense needs to get better. Like it's, it's more complex. It's more kind of nuanced than that because you don't get to two and six uh, with only one thing kind of going your, not not going your way and kind of falling in in a in a way that isn't positive for you. And and I'm just like, I'm like you, I. I'm a big fan of keeping it simple, right? You don't need to re, you know, rewrite the book. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. For me, when the Raiders have found success in 2022, granted it's only been a pair of wins, 
what has the formula been? We were talking about it. Run Josh. Yeah. Let Derek work off of that. Have the defense make big plays when they have a chance to, keeping in mind that they're likely not going to pitch a shutout, and that's okay. Yeah. Win time of possession. Do your thing there. Give your guy, you know, give give Josh and Derek as many runs, uh, no pun intended, at getting into the end zone. And typically, good things have happened. So for me, I'm curious if we see a return to that because yeah. we talked about today being kind of the departure from the norm. Uh, and for the first 30 minutes, it was a great departure, mm-hmm. fantastic departure. Couldn't have been any better. But I wonder now if, if Josh McDaniels and the staff looks back and they say, okay, what is the common thread yeah. for when we've done well? Let's just do that. Let's commit to that. Let's be that. For the second part of 2022. Yeah, and when I think you know, as you were talking about that, just you know, specifically on the offensive side of it, I looked at look back to like what's worked well for the Patriots over the years, you know. Uh, and look, Tom Brady, obviously, you yeah. know, one of the greatest to ever do it. But even with Mac Jones, you know, what he's able to do, you know, in that offense, it's predicated on establishing the run and then throwing those quick short passes. And and we've seen it at times with Devontae. A lot of those where they get it to him and let him go make plays in space. I think you probably do more of that again to get Carr in a rhythm and. It, to your point, too, as well, of like what the that uh, formula for success has been is get Josh going, and then it opens the rest of the stuff up. How many times have we seen Josh Jacobs rips off an 8- to 12-yard run, next play, boom, Devontae Adams for a first down? You know, that's that's got to be your recipe for yeah. success. And then fill in the other guys, the other playmakers you have where you can. I mean, before the season started, we looked at this thing on paper, and obviously Darren Waller's health aside, we looked at it, we said Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. You know, we haven't seen enough, I think, of putting defenses in positions where they have to account for all three of those guys. Or even Foster Moreau, who I think is a much better tight end than a lot of people give him credit sure. for. Agreed. Uh, Derek Carr obviously looked for him a handful of times. He gets uh, five targets today. Um, you know, not able to come down through with all of those in all those situations. But, you know, you got to use these guys and, and work them off of each other and put these defenses in a bind. And you do that by setting up the run game and hitting those short passes and letting your guys work. Hunter and Devontae, two of the shiftiest guys out there. Let them move and, and get things going. Yeah, it's yeah. We're at the point now, two and six. You know, because of the seventeen games. Now we're not at the, officially at the halfway point, but it you know it seems like a good point to kind of take stock of what's gone well over the first half and, and look forward now to the second half plus one game, whatever. Yep. Thank you, Goodell, for the weird seventeen. <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's gut check time for the Raiders, right? Definitely. Like I don't even you know. All the fans will be like, oh, the playoffs are out, this and that. Like, don't even don't even worry about that. Yeah. Like, we're not even gonna discuss the playoffs. We're not even gonna discuss what has to happen in the division, the 74 bizarro scenarios that have to yeah. happen for X, Y, and Z. No, put that away. Focus on Sunday and get one. And I think when we get when this team I think coming home, coming back to Allegiant is the best thing that could happen for this team right now. Having a chance to play in front of the home crowd, having a chance to feed off that energy from Raider Nation. I know I know they were down there in Jacksonville, but it's a completely different ball game playing here at that beautiful palace off the strip. So I, I'm I'm excited for them to kind of put their best foot forward, look themselves in the mirror, make some adjustments, yeah. and say, hey, Go out and handle business one week at a time and let everything else kind of fall where it falls. Yeah, I think you, you look to that Colts game, and it's pretty simple in the sense of you know what's coming your way. Uh, the health of Jonathan Taylor up in the air. We'll see what happens. Obviously, he didn't play this week, but they want to run the football. They got a new quarterback in there and Sam Ellinger, you know, still trying to prove himself, obviously. Uh, and they've got some big-time receivers in that offense, you know, that can make some plays. But this is a team that wants to pound the rock. So as a defense – Buckle your chin strap and get ready for this thing. For the corners, you got to watch out for Michael Pittman, man. Big body dude. And then, you know, defensively, 
you know, what guys on this team don't know, you know, don't know the scheme better. Yeah. You know, a lot of the guys, Derek Carr specifically went against it a lot of times in practice in training camp and whatnot. And obviously, you know, he's not going up against Gus Bradley's defense in practice, you know, throughout the year because he's going against the opposing team, uh, you know, the scout team and whatnot as, as they're looking to, you know, kind of game plan and whatnot. But there should be some familiarity there. There's going to be some on the other side with Gus Bradley too, but you, you know what you're doing and going up against, and it's not some crazy complicated defense with all these different movements and things going around and a guy that doesn't blitz a ton. So this is one where I think the O-line should be kind of licking their chops saying we're going to run the ball right back at you. Kind of that like slobber knocker they call it, right? Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be that old school nasty. Yeah. you know, like hey, who who's the bigger, stronger guy in the trenches, mm-hmm. and, and let's go run the ball. And look, I you know I completely understand the fan sentiment. I mean, you and I see it on Twitter all the yeah. time. I think especially this afternoon, there's there's understandably a lot of frustration, a lot of upset, a lot of disappointment, and, and I get that. Yeah. I really do. I mean, like we talked about at the top, like I don't think anyone in this room, I don't think anyone in this fan base thought that the Raiders were gonna be a two and six. I'll be honest. I no. didn't. I didn't see him at two and six. Yeah. I didn't, like I said, I don't think anyone did. So, but I think at this point now, you just kind of have to accept where you are realistically. You have to understand that hey, we got to start stacking W's. But it starts with one. It starts with one on Sunday. You got to figure out a way to kind of put this uh, really suboptimal trip to the East Coast behind you, and you just say, hey, it happened. We got to learn from it. We got to be better from it. We got to adjust from it. And we just got to be better coming home. And, and really, the Raiders, we talked about it last week. Their runway for, for any type of error was was like this big. Yeah. Now it's like this big. It's exactly. shrinking rapidly. And uh, and I think that there's an understanding in that locker room that the runway is shrinking, but it's not it's not completely shrunk yet. So yeah. there still is a, there still is a chance. And like I said, just got to start on Sunday stacking those wins. And this is uh, you know this is that gut check time. We saw yep. it last year when they needed the six wins in order to get into the playoffs. So like you said, don't even worry about looking that far down yeah. the road or anything like that. You do have to take it by the cliche week by week and whatnot. But we saw afterwards. I know the stream cut out on Derek Carr's press conference, but he said he was like, "There's a lot that I want to say that I won't." But these are going to be conversations that are going to be had man-to-man with some of the guys on the teams. And he was referencing, you know, in terms of giving up these leads and things like that. And uh, I, you've heard it multiple times throughout the year, whether it was Derek or Devontae talking about, you know, the full 60-minute game and, you know, the attention to detail throughout the week and the game, all that different stuff. So I think this is where – this is this time – you know, you look at the record, you look at what's happened. This is where the leaders on this team really need to get together and have kind of that come to Jesus moment with their team and say, look, this is what needs to be done. This is what it takes. And you lean on the guys that have been there, done that. We know Derek Carr's stats and crunch time, you know, in terms of comebacks and whatnot. Devontae Adams, obviously, everyone's going to be looking to him because we know what he's done. Max Crosby, you know, you lean on your leaders in this moment to set the standard for what this team and what it's going to look like moving forward because there is still a lot of football to be played. And it has to start now, right? Yeah. It has to start, you know, starting tomorrow or t- and Tuesday when the guys get back into the uh, get back in the facility here. But thankfully, long flight home from Florida, so yeah. a lot of time to think, a lot of time to go over things, a lot of time to have those conversations that you talked about. But uh, Jesse Merrick, on our way out of here, we appreciate you coming to hang out with us today. You know the drill. Thirty seconds of plugs. Where can the people find you? Oh yeah, well tonight, you know, every, every Sunday is a busy one for us, so we've got sports night coming up. I'm riding solo there. Brian had to take off for a couple days. Uh, so I'm, you know, recapping this one. Obviously, it's not a fun one to recap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, tonight at 11:30, I'll be diving into all that. But as always, guys, on uh, Twitter at Jesse News 3LV, you know, covering anything and everything uh, Las Vegas sports, specifically with you guys, the Raiders. There we go. Love to hear. It. And hopefully, next time we chat, we're talking about happier things. We're talking about Raiders wins. But alas, not the case today, as the Raiders fall to two and six, uh, taking an L down in Jacksonville, 27 to 20. So. Uh, for Eddie Pascal, my man Jesse Merrick, who's good enough to hang out with us, Al, on the ones and twos, and everyone else who helps get our little program from A to Z. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you guys next week following the Raiders clash with the Indianapolis Colts on the fifth quarter presented by Twitch.
Thank you for listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app, and we'll see you next week. The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app True Connect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of True Connect exclusively for Raider Nation.